Welcome to C3 Wellington. We're a community on a mission to live, love, and lead like Jesus. For more information about C3 Wellington and to find out about upcoming events and services, visit our website, c3wellington.com. We're so glad you're joining us for this message. We pray it impacts you today. The title of my message is The Waiting Game. The Waiting Game. And I'm... Staying in the Psalms because I've just been fine. I've just been loving this season of digging into the Psalms and looking at, namely, the uh, the heart of David and his advice to us through his life. Uh, and in this particular uh, chapter in, in Psalms, or this particular Psalm, he he we get a, a reflection of David himself, but then we also get a moment of instruction that David is like saying, like in a different like rather than it's like me, my, it's like now he's telling somebody, he's giving some instruction, and that's the part we're going to focus on is the instruction, which we're going to find at the end of Psalm 27. I love Psalm 27, and if you want a message series on the top part of Psalm 27, you can find our podcast series called Above All. One one thing I desire, one thing above all else, that I might dwell in the house of God forever, that I'd be delight in your presence, that, uh, uh, that you'll find that message series. I love it. It's like if, like if you found the genie in the lamp, if you found the genie and you rubbed the lamp and the genie popped out and he didn't give you three wishes because this is in the movie Aladdin, but he gave you one wish, what's the one wish? Take a moment right now and ponder. Seriously, ponder that. You get one wish. What would you wish for? Anything you can have, anything will come to pass, except for getting more wishes. We know that that doesn't work. You can't wish for more wishes. You can't wish for people to be dead. (laughs) More genies. Clever. What's the one wish? David bears his soul saying, one thing that I desire, one thing that I wish for above all else is that I might find myself in the house of God and in your presence forever and I could delight in that. He understood something. He understood he had enough of a taste of God to understand that the greatest thing that you could ever seek after, the greatest thing that you could ever pursue, the greatest thing you could ever experience is the presence of God to dwell with him forever. And so that's the top end of Psalm 27. This morning we're looking at the final two verses of that psalm, and that are verses 13 and 14 of Psalm 27. Let me read them to you. Let's pick it up here. Verse 13, it says this, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. I love this. I love this. This is so exciting now. There's a lot that he was referring to, but I'm going to focus in on these two verses. That word wait is so critical. Now, I don't know about you, but normally when you have to wait, like at a waiting room at a hospital or uh, waiting for, uh, you, you've got a, an appointment and you've, just got to, you've got to sit there and you've got to wait, waiting seems to be pretty passive, right? Waiting means about sitting, stopping, staying, not doing anything. You've just got to bide your time until your time comes. That sort of is the definition of, of waiting. When our kids come to us and they're like, want to, mum, mum, dad, and we're in the middle of something, we're like, hey, wait. Let me finish this, and I'll, and I'll wait. It's like, okay, they've got to stand there and wait. There's a sense of, sense of passivity in the wait. But the word here is not passive. And that's what I love about seeing that when we translate things to English, that we don't lose the context 
through the translation, and I, and I commend those that translate the Word of God to be faithful to it. But this word wait, which is korvor in Hebrew, korvor means to bind together by twisting. I've, I've, mentioned, I've preached this or added this to a message once before, but God's brought it back to my, my heart this morning that waiting is not passive. When God says wait on the Lord, he's not saying sit there, do nothing. God, it's not your time yet. Wait for your, your appointment to be called. Wait for your number to be called. Waiting for a burger. A, 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 a dirty burger, that's the choice of waiting for it. If I'm going to wait for a burger, guys, it's a dirty burger, burger. That's what I'm going to wait for. I might be waiting for one of those uh, after this message. But come on, the, the, the waiting here is not passive. Corvall means to bind together by twisting. There is something going on in the wait. There is something going on in the wait. And this isn't, I remind you, you can, you, can, you can feed back to me. You can say, yeah, amen, that's good, yes. And it makes me know that you're listening, you're awake, and um, I'm not alone in this. You, look, there's a, there's a together, there's something going on in the wait. There's another verse in the Word of God in the Old Testament through the prophet Isaiah that you'll know, very familiar verse in, in Isaiah 40. I'm gonna, but I'm going to take it up to scriptures and we're going we're gonna to run into the verse. We're going we're gonna to get a bit of a run up this morning into verse 31 of Isaiah 40. But let's listen to the, from 29. He gives power to the faint. Amen. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. That's a word for someone this morning. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. Pause before we get to mounting up with wings. Let me just say this, that he gives power to the faint, and he goes on to say that even young people run out of energy. I've got kids, and they don't often run out of energy. But what he's saying is if you're in a place of low energy, if you're in a place of feeling tired and worn down and beaten down and exhausted, look, even young men feel exhausted. It's okay. Life will get you to that point. Jesus sat down at the well exhausted and told his disciples to go get him a feed. He was exhausted. Even Jesus got exhausted. But I'm just saying that that's, we don't have to stay in that place of exhaustion. And the thing that the power that to get us out of that place, you're not going to find it on Netflix. You're not going to find it and fill in the blank. You're going to find the power to bring strength back to you from God. He says, He gives the power to the faint. So what's his instruction? If you find yourself in a place of weariness, of tiredness, of, of, of de maybe depression even, or if you find yourself in that place with nothing to give and empty, he says, He gives power to those people. He gives power to that position if you would what? Wait. Isn't this interesting? That the outcome out of that place of lack and out of that place of low energy and out of that place of feeling like the world's closed in on you and life has got confusing and like you feel like you're in the fog of life. You can't see a step in front of you and you're in that place. He says, even you get there. Everyone gets there. Don't feel bad about yourself because everybody, he's like, what he's saying is that everyone can get to that place. But God gives power and might and increases strength for those that wait for the Lord. They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And man, that is amazing that this weight that God is saying is an active weight of binding together and twisting together in the moment, in, the, in, the, in this place you find yourself. God's saying, if you would wait on me, if you would take this moment now to run to me, allow me to be the power source and bind your life together. Bind your thoughts with my thoughts. Bind your heart with my heart. 
know what I feel and what I think and how I have got to, my thoughts towards you. In this moment right here where you might feel out of, got no energy, take this moment now to come to me and like a vine twisting around a big tree to give, because the vine, imagine how high, I was, I was in the bush, I was in the bush yesterday and there are some amazing vines wrapped up around some pretty big trees, right? That vine is as high as the big tree would never be able to do that. It does not have the stability on its own. It's a vine. It does not have a sturdy trunk. It has no ability to do that on its own merit. But as it twists itself around the mighty tree, it can get to ascend to the highest places where the sun gets to it. It's amazing what a vine can do. And we are the what? Vine. And here's the branch. Here's the tree. Here's So come on, as we wrap ourselves like that vine around a mighty tree, God himself... He will what strengthen you. The promise is to you, friend, not just walking, not just running, but soaring like an eagle. Who in this room would like to be soaring like an eagle right now? Yeah, I want to be soaring like an eagle. But, but who, honestly, don't have to raise your hands, just think about it. Do you feel like you're soaring like an eagle? Does it feel like you're even running? You know what I mean? Like, uh, not, and not running in the sense of life's so hectic, I'm running from one thing to another. No, that's an exhaustion kind of running. I'm talking about you've got momentum in your life. You've got momentum in your purpose. You are cutting the cause. Of, you're going after the things of God. You're running the race, as Paul says, that is set before him for the glory of God and for the kingdom of God. That's the promise, but there is an active weight that takes place. There's an active weight. It's the, this scripture in Isaiah says that strength comes from waiting. Strength comes from waiting. The only thing I got waiting at, uh, at, 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 at Dirty Burger was more hungry. I got more hungry, but thankfully the burger came. But, but in this kind of waiting, you're getting stronger. Who would have thought that in waiting, you're going to get stronger? That doesn't seem quite right, does it? Who, it says that, they, that those that wait shall renew their strength. The promise of God is if you wait and entangle your life with God and entangle your thoughts with God's thoughts, then there's going to be a strength come to you in this time, in this wait. And the promise, as I said, is you're going to walk, run, and fly. And it says that courage also comes from waiting. Courage comes from waiting. Belief grows and faith rises in the wait. It says that I believe. So let's, let's talk about that. It says, I believe, belief, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord. I believe that I should see the goodness of God, and this goodness I'm going to see while I'm still alive. Now, now David had faith to believe that at the end of his life he would see God, that he'd be with God. He had faith to believe that that would be the outcome of his life. But he says that even in this moment of trial, and, and whatever it might be that you're facing, God's saying, there's a faith step to say, I believe that I'm going to see the goodness of God come through right now while I'm still alive. That the goodness of God, the, the, the overcoming of my situation is going to happen for me right now while I'm alive. This is a faith declaration. This is not going to be my end. What I'm facing right now is not going to be my end. Whatever you're walking through is not an end. It's not the, it's not the finish of the book. It's just a chapter. It's not the end. It's faith to declare it. That my God will come through for me. Those that wait, those that wait. I love Charles Spurgeon so much. What an amazing theologian that man was and pastor. And let's be real though, uh, Charles Spurgeon, admittedly, 
he wrestled with deep depression. For all of for most of his adult life, he wrestled with depression. So even great look, it's, that's why it says that it's common. It's common. One of the challenges we've got to understand is that what you're walking through, you're not alone. You're not on your own. And whilst you might be walking through it now, and someone else might feel like they're wherever in life, it might be another few months down the track, six months down the track that you've walked through it, and then they go in it, right? And so it's just, it's just one of those things that we've got to understand that it's common to all men. This is why the Bible doesn't condemn us for it. It just encourages us a way out of it. You know, and it's so, so important. But this is what Charles Spurgeon says. He says about this word wait. Wait at his door with prayer. Wait at his foot with humility. Wait at his table with service. Wait at his window with expectancy. Can you hear the activity in the wait? That it's not passive? You're doing something. You're active. You're actively involved. So important. So I want to focus in on this courage. Uh, it says that in Psalm 27, wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. So strength bring, uh, waiting brings strength, and in that moment, it says you let your heart take courage. I want to focus in on the courage part here, because courage is a heart word, and uh, I preached a message um, called, in, in the Dis the Dis series, about dis, dis, we're dissing the dis, and I preached a message called Discouragement, and how we need to diss the dis of discouragement and become encouraging and, and, and encouraged. And, uh, and so I just want to pour, take some of those notes and bring it into this one here this morning, because courage is a heart word. It's a heart word. It de- it's derived from the Latin word for heart, which is core, C-O-R. So heart, the heart, courage is all about the heart. And one of the earliest forms, because we're talking, you know, this, this goes back, sorry, it was a Latin word. Did I say Latin? I don't know if I said Latin. It's a Latin word that was core. Uh, when we go back to one of the earliest ways the word was used, it was meant to speak one's mind by telling, one's, telling, one's, telling all of one's heart. Speak one's mind by telling all of one's heart. That was courageous or courage. But courage can now be defined as, I've got two things here. It can be defined as the ability to do something that frightens someone. To the ability to do something that frightens you. That takes courage. It takes courage to do something that frightens you. Another definition I've got here is it's courage is the strength in the face of pain and grief. Strength in the face of trial. Strength in the face of persecution. Strength in the face of whatever it is that is coming against you, courage is to face it and to, and to withstand and to take your stand and to not back down, but to stand as courage and courageous. So what's the definition of discouragement? It's having lost confidence or enthusiasm. And listen to this, to be disheartened. The definition of discouragement is to be disheartened, to have your heart taken from you. To have, th- to have it removed from you, hope, passion, a positive outlook, optimism, a sense of excitement for what's ahead, 
a sense that you can overcome and get through, taken from you, to be discouraged, to be disheartened, it's to make someone feel less confident, enthusiastic and positive about something or less willing to do something. So on one hand, a courageous person has the ability to do something they're afraid of. A discouraged person is less willing. They've been discouraged. They've had their hearts taken from them. And so that this morning, I want you to know that an assault on your courage is an assault on your heart. An assault on your courage, an assault on your heart. Psalm 27, 14 says, Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Let your heart take courage. And Psalm 4, verse 23 says that above all, we should guard our hearts. We should guard our hearts, for everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart. And so this morning I want to encourage you that as we guard our hearts, because we don't want our heart to be taken from us, we don't want to be discouraged, we want to be encouraged, we want to be courageous, we want to be able to stand and believe that the goodness of the Lord, you're going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living, that you're going to wait on the Lord and then you're going to be running, walking and running and flying this morning. So let's start here by, by saying as we guard our heart, we need to understand that the protector of your heart is faith. Faith. Faith is our protector. That is why I wanted to include uh, verse 13, which says, I believe I will see. There's something in that statement for David that was protecting his heart from discouragement. But he was able, above all people, to be discouraged because of what he faced. We've talked about it in previous Sundays, but he had the king of Israel trying to kill him. He, had, he was betrayed by those close to him. He had all sorts going on. Even when he was the king, he had a situation where his arm, his, a, a, a city got sacked while they were, him and his mighty men were away at war. And when they got back, their women and children had been taken and all their possessions. And his mighty men wanted to turn around and kill him. Now, I've been in this leadership role for four years. And thankfully, none of you have wanted to kill me. Well, you haven't told me that yet, which is, I'm glad. Just don't, don't tell me if that's the case. But I'm so glad that I haven't got to a place in my leadership that those that are with me are trying to kill me. Look, he's faced some very discouraging things if we'd let them. But the thing that protected David's heart, the thing that guarded his heart was his faith in God. His faith in God. And this statement, I believe I will see, is a statement of faith. When I say faith is your protector, I get that from Ephesians 6, verse 16, when it talks, Paul talks about the armor of God, right? In this, let's read verse 16. It says, in all circumstances. In what circumstances? All circumstances. In everything that you might face. In every situation that you come across. There's not a situation that you walk into that you should not do this. This is what Paul's saying. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Isn't this good news, friend? That whatever's coming against you, what's assailing your heart, trying to take your heart, trying to discourage you, faith will stop it. Faith will say, no, but God, God is with me. I will see goodness. I will get through this. And all the fiery darts that are trying to hit your heart, take your heart, discourage you, fall to the ground. They fall to the ground. They don't get through. Faith in God is so critical. And so what I'm trying to say is that in the wait, in the moment of the wait, when you're waiting, we're stirring our faith. We're stirring our faith. 
Hebrews 10, 35 to 36 says, Therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance. So it's not easy. It's not easy. We require endurance. Some things don't just happen overnight, but they will happen. If you're old like me, you'll get that reference. Won't happen overnight, but it will happen. I've got a young crowd here. It's all good. So that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. The writer goes on to say, it's verses 38 to 39, but my righteous ones shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not those who will shrink back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and preserve their souls. And then continue with this, this, this story, this, this theology of faith. He goes on in 12 verse 1 to say, Now faith is confidence. It's confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. There's a confidence in faith. That's why the Bible says in the moment of trial, when you're weary, when you're low, don't throw away your confidence. That is your faith. Your confidence is not in your ability to get through it. It's not in your ability to overcome it on your own, but it's your ability in God. God says, I have the strength for the weary. I have what you require. And then the wait for me, as you entangle your vine around my and me, you're going to get stronger and you're going to see the light and you're going to get through, my friend. You're going to get through. Don't throw away the very protector of your heart in the moment when your heart's been assailed. In the moment when the fiery darts are coming, this is the time to stand on, who the, on the nature and character of God and His, and, His, and His love towards you. And His love towards you. Now, faith is the confidence that we hope for. Come on, let's speak out with confidence and faith again. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord and the land of the living. The statement of faith is so important. Therefore, I'm going to wait and I'm going to take courage and I'm going to be strengthened. And my, and my courage is coming back to, to take a step and do something that might scare me. I'm going to do that step as the Lord tells me to take a step. And I'm going to step out into that scary unknown situation. And I'm going to have the courage to know that God is with me. And I'm going to do the... And so there's this moment where we, where we do this waiting, which is so critical. In, in that, He will bind together you with His thoughts. And He will bind you together with His love. And He will remind you that you are His child. And Troy, you can come and join me this morning. And Therefore, I will... Where is your hope this morning, friend? Do you have this optimism for the future? The sense of awe and wonder for what God's got ahead for you? Or is it like Spurgeon, feeling like you're fighting the mist, punching the fog this morning? I'm here to tell you that God wants to strengthen you. I'm here to tell you this morning that God wants to bring courage back into your heart that there is a, always a sense of fighting against attacks coming. And I'm just here to say that God wants to strengthen your heart. For some of us this morning, maybe we need to renounce words that have been spoken into a situation that we're not filled with faith but fear. Maybe we need to 
allow that moment of the love of God to penetrate again our hearts, strengthening us. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're walking through this morning, God is saying that you can abound in hope. That you can have strength and courage to get through it. Not only that, but you can have the confidence. That faith brings confidence. Again, not even in an outcome, but it brings confidence that God is with you. God is here and God is here. If God is with me, if God is with me in this, that will give me all the confidence I need to face it, to endure it, to take a stand in the scary moment of whatever it is that I'm facing. This is the words of King David. For you and for me, it echoes thousands of years from the past into today. That surely I believe I will see the goodness of God 